All right, guys, welcome to Bulls 101. My name is Chris Amundsen, here with my guy, Lara Golden, as always, and our very, very special guest, Mr. Stefan No, writes for Sporting News, one of the great, just one of the greatest writers, a uh, good friend, back, <laughs> to today, back to Hungarian Jordan and obesity on the blog <laughs> of <laughs> chat forums. So, Steph, welcome to our trade deadline special. We're so happy to have you today. How you doing, man? Doing good. You know, I usually consume your guys' show in uh, podcast format, so that was my first time in a while seeing that intro. That was pretty slick. <laughs> good thing. Yeah, Aldo for that one. He, he set us up just a couple weeks ago with that new one. Nice. Uh, Mr. Lero Golden, how are you, sir? How did your tournaments go today with the boys? Um, so today was a tough one. We went one and one, uh, lost in the championship game. Um, it, you know, Hey, I can't, I, what I tell my guys is, is if a team beats us because they're just better than us and not because we're laying down, if we're giving full effort, we're making the right rotations, making the right decisions and teams still beat you. You kind of got to tip your, tip your cap. I mean, on that day, uh, they were better than you. And, um, they were today, they were, they were doing a really good job of, uh, being smart and patient in our two, two, one press that we put against them. Um, they're just playing really good basketball, making the right passes. Um, so I'm, I'm not I'm not mad at my guys. I'm not not hunkered down. They gave their full effort. And, uh, you know, we just didn't come out on top today. But, um, yeah, one and one, you know, it's all right. Five hundred is good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, man, other than that, man, uh, just loving some some, you know, some of what I'm seeing from Vooch. And um, I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit. But, um, yeah, man, that's that's how I'm going so far. Awesome. Yeah. Vooch has definitely been on a tear recently. Finally, he's had a stretch of like really good games. He put up 30 something and like 15 or whatever it was uh, against the Pacers. Pacers had nothing for Vooch mm -mm. the entire night. Um, luckily, he was on fire because Karis Levert, we also had nothing for Karis Levert, who just mm -hmm. every time he put up a shot, it was like, <laughs> it's like, eh, that's going in. But our guy Io came through with a dagger Ooh. dunk at the end of the game, which was really fun to watch live. And uh, he had a game or he had a career high 14 assists. It's also tied with, I think it's with Josh Giddy for the highest assists by any rookie this year. So he's That's impressive. I mean, he's been a top 10 rookie easily. And he, I think he's knocking on the door of, of first team all rookie right now. Uh, also, I think Herb Jones is another guy who's kind of mm. been, been coming along recently yeah. with the Pelicans. Not on so Herb. Two, two guys in the second round that are, are playing like lottery guys right now. So it's pretty impressive stuff. Hey, I got to show you guys something. I, uh, I wore something special for the show today. Uh-oh. <laughs> Talking about IO. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> you, can all, you can't see this if you're listening on podcast, but I just showed my custom <laughs> IO DeSumo jersey that I made. You can't even buy these in the uh, Bulls store. You can't nope. buy most of the jerseys. Oh, see if the tape God. fell off in the back or not. 
I don't know if you guys can see this. Oh, oh it says Lu, our guy Luol Deng. It's an old Luol Deng. Oh, I need to take my phone. It's an old Luol Deng <laughs> jersey that I converted. So <laughs> I got the only uh, one in town, guys. I thought you were going to get an arch jersey. I thought you had an arch jersey <laughs> and you're going to put uh, as soon as they, back. As but... soon as they put those in the shop, man, those are going to sell out. Those IO jerseys for yeah. sure. Man, listen. I've been trying to get the Caruso jersey with this, with like the pinstripes. I want that one. I want the white Levine one, and I I, I want the red Dasunmu. So Madhouse store tweeted back at me because I was complaining the other day on on Twitter, and they said they're having a lot of shipping issues right now, and they'll they'll try and let us know. But it's like, dude, it's February, and you haven't had any out this entire year. It's pretty crazy stuff. So you know. Mm. But uh, keep a lot of for the next 18 years when he uh, starts for the Bulls during that yeah. time, <laughs> it's a good investment, man. I love me some Alex Crusoe, but it's man. yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch the Bulls. You got, I, you know, what? honestly, uh, I can't knock the hustle of uh, Karis because trade deadlines coming up, dude's like, I gotta get out of here, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who's in front of me. You getting his work because I got to show that I can at least score the ball. <laughs> like, so I can't. He was doing it. My hustle all night. He was cutting off screens. He'd get right into the lane as if you're going to go to the basket, and then he'd kind of stop and pop, and it would go in every single time. He must have had ten yeah. field goals attempts on that. I think the latest rumor I saw was the Cavs were interested in him, so that would be interesting for sure. Yeah, I think the Cavs have an opportunity here if they get someone like like him, or like if if they can get a guy like. Um, uh, Eric Gordon, or maybe you see Jim McCollum out of out of uh, Portland. Like those are some some names that Cavs could be a really tough tough opponent. I mean, one through six right now in the NBA or in the East are, are pretty brutal. And then you got the Hawks and the Celtics and the Raptors and the Hornets all in the playing tournament right now. It's going to be a really brutal playoff series in the East this year. But that's exciting. It's what we want. So I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, they might be able to last five or six games against the Bulls. That'll be great. <laughs> Yeah, I know Laro and I have been talking trash to our friend uh, Andrew Kelly about uh, <laughs> Bulls and Five over his Hawks, who are almost 500. So he's yeah. almost been able to talk trash now. But I, I do got before we go into uh, the fun that that we're gonna go into. I, I want to get you guys thoughts on something, and uh, especially you, Steph, you you're, you are uh, esteemed guest, and uh, we would like your expertise. Um, but coming into the season, I think. Um, Io was somebody I looked at and I said that there was potential to become a rotation player. Um, but I didn't think this good of a rotation player. Um, but do you guys think that there is maybe like starter potential for, for Io and with this team um, in the future? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I would say he's a more likely than not to be a starter like three years down the line or maybe even sooner i mean mm -hmm. yeah I, i've talked about this before on some podcasts i've been on but i think that like um draft priors really um influence people's opinions especially like when you're talking about ceiling and mm -hmm. i mean clearly all these gms made a huge mistake like letting him fall to what was he 38 37 yeah, 36 yeah. yeah, so uh, I think people are, like, trying to temper their expectations because he was drafted so low, whereas, like, if he was, you know, like Patrick Williams, like the number four pick in doing this, then you would say, like, of course this guy's going to be a starter. Right. So I don't know. I, I just think the evaluators, like, all kind of got it wrong on him in college. Yeah. So yeah, you should kind of just throw those priors out the window. And just based on what we've seen, like, he's 
I, I think he's definitely going to be a starter. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, he could be like a really good starter. At that. I, I agree. And, and the reason why is because we knew that we, at least we thought the defense was going to translate mm-hmm. his length, his activity, his athleticism, his, his on ball awareness has been really, really good off ball. He still, you know, he still makes some mistakes and stuff, but he learns really, really quickly. Like his, his progression, even on defense from the beginning of the year till now has been really impressive. But offensively, I've been so impressed with his decision-making has gotten so good. I, we were talking, I think Larry and I were texting about this yesterday <laughs> uh, with Salim that other than DeMar DeRozan, I think Io is probably the next, the guy I trust most with the ball in his hands on the yeah. team other than DeMar DeRozan to like not turn the ball or not make a really dumb decision. And that's really impressive, not just for a rookie, but for any player. Um, at that age and, and caliber. So I've been really impressed. I can't believe the assists that he's racking up in these games. He's not like some superb passer. He just makes really good, timely, on-point on, on point passes. Yeah. And that's that's all you got to do. You don't have to be you, have, you don't have to be Josh Giddy with the ball out here. You just, you just got to put it in the right spot, right in the shooting pocket at the right time, and you can rack up those assists. So I mean, he's, he's been great. to Mark already. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's listening. Oh, oh man. it should. It's about his. You know, he he should be awake at this point in the day out in Australia. But yeah. So so guys, I wanted to address first off uh, a couple of trade rumors that the Bulls have been involved with in the last week or so. The first one was reported that the the Bulls might be interested in Dennis Schroeder. Now, Dennis Schroeder was a was listed as a target for the Bulls in the offseason. Uh, they ended up getting Lonzo Ball, obviously. But uh, he's, you know, he, he's a quality player who wasn't worth as much as he wanted to get paid, but is probably worth a little bit more than he's getting paid by the Celtics. And the Celtics have been kind of a mess uh, for most of the year. So I wanted to see what you guys thought of, of the idea of trading for Schroeder and what that would entail that the reported kind of parameters of the deal were Troy Brown Jr. and a second round pick in exchange for Schroeder. So Schroeder is a free agent at the end of this year. So, you know, there's, it's not like a long-term fit. It would kind of bridge that gap while Caruso and Lonzo are out, but I want to see what, what you guys saw that Steph, we'll start with you. What do you think about Schroeder's potential and, and what do you think about, um, you know, that trade making sense or not making sense for the Bulls? I hadn't heard that it was a second round pick. That's interesting because like the Bulls don't really have very many. That's, what, picks. I that's think my thought. It would have to be in what twenty twenty seven or something. Um, but yeah, you're not really losing much there. value. Uh, you know, trading a second round pick, they they usually don't pan out. And then Troy Brown Jr. is, um, I've been kind of disappointed with him to be honest. Like I think he's he's played okay at times, but he's just way too inconsistent. So. Um, he's okay in the regular season, but I really don't see him being part of the playoff rotation anyway when the, when the team is hopefully fully healthy. And then as far as Schroeder goes, um, I mean, I think that this is a really good opportunity to capitalize on the Celtics situation. Like, I think that normally you wouldn't be able to get a player like Schroeder for free. I mean, Schroeder does have his flaws and stuff, but he's he's played a ton of playoff minutes. Like, you know that he yeah. can at least contribute. In, in playoff games and the reason why the Celtics are doing this is it's just strictly a financial thing to avoid the tax um they're just like basically being cheap as hell so yeah. if the Bulls can capitalize on teams wanting to save money and not really give anything of value up then 
I think you do it. And I know there's concerns about his attitude. And, you know, he said he wanted to start in a bunch of places. He thinks he's like a big star. So there's a risk that um, you ruin the good vibes of the team if, like, you, if he ends up playing behind all the other guys uh, when the playoff co- when the playoffs come. But I think it's just a chance you have to take. Like, you know, the Bulls is currently constructed. I think that we all really like the team, but there are teams that, are, that have more talent than them. I mean, undeniably, like, in the league. So if you can add at the margins, then I would go for it. Um, yeah, but I know that I might, I might be in the minority. I know that a lot of people are really just turned off by him. Um, you know, I was actually in the off season, this past off season, um, before we knew we were going to get Lonzo, I was all for Dennis. Um, I, I just, I understand his off the court stuff there, you know, you know, a bunch of stuff out there, but um, I just think he provides some point of attack resistance. I think he's somebody on offense that applies rim pressure off the dribble. Um, he's somebody that thrived in a multiple, uh, multi, multi ball handler offense, uh, three guard, uh, three guard lineup, um, lineups with, with Billy before Billy understands how to coach a guy like him, um, because he's done it already. Um, and I mean, he's just, he, I think he adds stuff, you know, he adds some things that you, that you need. Um, like I said, if you want to throw a curveball at a team and run a three guard lineup out there with Dennis, he's not going to hurt you on the defensive end. Um, you could put him at the point of attack. He's not bad off ball either. Like, um, I just think, and if you can get that second season of, of, of Dennis, uh, uh, from shooting from three, which I think he was like 38% for on like five attempts a, a game. Like if you can get that, I mean, that's a win, man. Especially, um, if you're only giving up, a you know, TBJ and, and a second rounder, uh, I think it's a win. So I'm with you, Steph. Um, I was getting pounded in, in, in the Bulls chat that we were in before, um, for even thinking about wanting Dennis. So, um, I, like I said, I'm with you, man. Yeah. I think there's no question that, that Schroeder is a better player than Troy Brown at this point. No, Troy Brown's 22, and we would have his restricted free, restricted free agent rights going into the offseason, which can be valuable whether you want to keep him or not. You can sign him to a deal and do a sign and trade uh, and get something back. It's you know, it's easier than if you don't have cap space. Like we're not projected to have cap space. It's easier to use the the players that you have to bring in other players and to trade, and so you can use that for Troy Brown. And he's 22, and I think he's shown a lot of different skills. I think most of his issues are mental mistakes and just inconsistency and especially in his shooting. Um, he's always been a good corner shooter. I know I, I'm probably the, I wouldn't say like I'm a stand of Troy Brown Jr., but I'm probably the guy who defends him more than anyone else in our, in like our circle of, of Bulls friends. <laughs> but I, I, I've seen a lot of good things from him and he's really inconsistent. Um, I think my concerns with bringing Dennis in are the shooting, right? Uh, the, the, the lack of shooting, he's not going to help with that. And more importantly, it's if this whole team is healthy, does Schroeder have a spot in the rotation? And I would say currently, I don't know if I'd play him over Kobe or over Io. I don't, I certainly wouldn't play him over Caruso or Alonzo in that guard rotation. So the only way that this would make sense for me right now is if you were planning on shipping out one of those other four players. And I think obviously the most likely candidate would be Kobe. And if you're shipping out Kobe to bring in Dennis, uh, you know, this is a Bulls team that is already the lowest or takes the lowest frequency of threes in the league. They shoot at a high rate, but you know, Dennis isn't really going to help that unless he reverts back to, as Laro said, 
you know, his previous form, he was shooting 38% on five attempts a game. He does have some familiarity with Billy, which is nice. Um, but I, I feel like this is a trade that's part of a bigger process rather than the, the move, right? If, if we're going to be giving up a player an asset here, I'd like it to be at a position of need. Even though the guard spot is probably a position of need right now, it may not be in five or six weeks, you know, if and when Lonzo and Cruz return. So that's kind of my concern with it. But I mean, I think it's a, as far as, as far as, you know, the talent play, you're bringing in more talent for sure. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. I mean, I think the spot that he would fill is, um, I mean, Matt Thomas played 27 minutes in this last game, looking at his box score right now, he's three of nine from the field. Uh, and he's just kind of given them like nothing, I feel like. So at 27 minutes is a lot, you know, like Caruso and Ball, they're probably going to jump uh, Schroeder when he comes back or when they come back. But in the meantime, you have a month of Matt Thomas playing 28 minutes a game. So that's, I mean, Schroeder's way, way better than Thomas. So that would be my argument. Yeah. So it's, do you want to give up? the restricted free agent rights and the possibility of Troy Brown. I mean, if he was more consistent, like we've seen him play really well. If he played like that all the time, he'd be a really valuable small forward, I think in the league, because he can pass, he can dribble and he can shoot. He just doesn't do all three of those consistently. He's also a good rebounder. Um, so is that, is, is giving him up worth one month potentially of, of Im- much improved guard play from, you know, from Schroeder or from Sir Matt Thomas to Schroeder. I mean, I, I can pass a dribble and shoot too. Not consistently, <laughs> but like if you give me <laughs> hundred shots, I'm gonna make some of them, you know. So um, I just don't think that his restricted rights are worth anything. Like they're, you can just if you really are high on him, um, you can just sign him this summer. Like I don't think the team that trades for him is gonna give him uh, an offer sheet, so he's just gonna be unrestricted anyway. And then you can just get him on a minimum. So I you guys don't think he'll get like three years, fifteen million or something? No way. I would. I would. He's bet. He's absolutely worth five million dollars. <laughs> I think yeah. he's worth five million a year, easy. I, um, definitely not three years. I mean, maybe a team would give him like. Well, I think you have to do a multi-year deal for. Yeah, it has to be three years. Play. It has to be three years, but they don't have to be guaranteed. So you can do three years, yeah. with like second or third year, non-guaranteed or partially guaranteed, and 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 execute a sign and trade that way. I mean, like he wasn't even in the rotation earlier in the season, you know, like the only reason why he got back in was because of COVID stuff. So, I mean, I, I really don't yeah. see like a huge interest in him uh, in the off season. Like, I, I think he's probably going to be one of these signings that happens at the very, very end when teams have already filled everything and they're just looking to fill out the back end of their rosters. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think to be he clear, get him back anyway. To be clear, I'd like to move him at the deadline. I just wouldn't like to move him for Schroeder, but... That's just me. Yeah, that's the other thing is like he's one of the only trade pieces you have as far as outgoing salary. So like that's going to be the move, right? Like you don't want to waste that piece if right. you think that you can get something better. Because they only have like two real avenues is like the Derek Jones Jr. contract and then Troy Brown Jr. And if you trade other guys, then like those are really important rotation pieces that you're moving. So so that's the risk there. Who, who, who would... I guess, what do you think TBJ would bring back better than T- than Dennis? Right now, no, I think he would be filler in a in a in a in a trade for someone with a bigger salary where we need to match that. He'd be filler. That's I think where his real value lies at the trade deadline. 
Otherwise, if you don't trade him for something like that, you can use his restricted free agent rights to sign him to something and trade him for something else in the offseason. Or, you know, maybe he just takes his qualifying or he becomes a free agent or whatever. So um, let's let's talk about Schroeder himself, though. I know, uh, Steph, you put together a, a, a few clips of kind of what he what would he, he would provide. So let me add that to the stream real quick. And we can uh, take a look at this for a minute here. So we got. Can you, those of you, can you see that? Sorry, what was that? Can you can you see the the clip? Yeah. Do you guys want me to talk through this? Oh, it's it's up to you. I mean, um, you already for have those you who are words on there. Yeah, for those who are well, for those who are just audio listeners and can't see, um, you know, we've got good help defense. Yeah, Steph, if you wanna if you kinda wanna take us through your thought process here in these clips. Sure. Okay, so um, I think the best way to evaluate defense is just to look at it as a whole and not just look at the highlights. Like mm-hmm. you have to basically watch an entire game and just watch one guy. Yeah. So I was uh, I'm writing something on Wendell Carter uh, for Tuesday. So I yeah, baby. queued up. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I queued up this Magic Celtics game so that I could keep an eye on Schroeder as well. This is the first play of the game that we're watching here, so it's nothing spectacular, but. Um, he's like pointing throughout this whole play. The Celtics were doing like a switch heavy defense for this game. So you can just see like, uh, his communication is very, very good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like he, so, so the way that NBA defense is typically played as far as like help stuff goes is, uh, this is also like the scheme that the bulls play is like you, you want guys positioned, uh, boxes and elbows or at the nail. Yeah. Uh, as far as like help positioning and in these clips, like he's always at one of those spots. Um, so I think that's really good. The first clip that we showed, like the first play of the game, like also he, when he was help side, as soon as the shot went up, he just found some big to get a body on and box out, which mm. I think is also really good for a guy who's so small. Um, I think there's some concerns that, you know, he's not going to be able to fit very well on a bulls team that has so much length, but I think he plays pretty physically, especially yeah. given the size. So uh, can I can I say something really quick? Yeah. Um I also feel like I'm watching some of the Lakers games when he was a Laker. Like I feel like he is like a pretty darn good screener for his size. Like he does a really good job of getting just getting his whole body in the screens and actually doing a pretty good job of that. So that was that was just something I thought I I, I noticed. Uh because I remember it was a close game on TNT, Lakers versus whoever, I can't remember. Um, they needed a big bucket, and the play was set up for Dennis to screen for AD, and he he set a great screen, and AD had a wide open layup from it, and I was like, this dude. So I just kept an eye on it, and I, the dude sets pretty good screens, man. And I mean, with a team like the Bulls that truly only have like Vooch as a screener, it'd be that'd, that'd be cool to have another good screener on the floor at some points. But um, but yeah, anyway, I'm sorry, Inter- I'm sorry to interrupt that. Oh no worries. Um, and then this next play, like he gets over pretty good, nail help, like you can see him at the nail, stunt, yep. get back to his man. So he's just uh, he's really smart. Like I was saying this in our little Bulls um, DM chat that we have is like um, I think like he's played maybe five years in the league or something, and every single year on multiple different teams, he's been part of top five defenses. So with the Hawks, the Thunder with Billy. Um, the Celtics are top five defense this year, and then the Lakers were number two last year. So, I mean, that's not coincidence. When you have a guy that's playing a lot of minutes for all four of these completely different teams with different defenses, and 
they're always awesome. Um, I just think that he's a very, very good help defender that can play any kind of team scheme and just be super solid, which is what the Bulls are missing. Like the, the Bulls defense has been really, really bad um, ever since yep. Crusoe and Ball came out. And I think a lot of the blame is being put on point of attack defense, which is a problem for sure. But I think an even bigger problem is just the rotations have been yes. bad. Like there's so many mistakes that these guys are making because it's, I mean, it goes hand in hand, right? Like when the point of attack defense is bad, you have less time to react, uh, react and close out to guys. But yeah, that's been, they've given up so many open threes where it's just swing, swing and guys aren't zoning up correctly. Guys aren't Xing out correctly, whatever it is. Like, um, it's just a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. Um, and I tweet some of these guys out to you, to you guys. Like, I think Troy Brown Jr., like, he's playing a lot and we talk about his inconsistency. The way I think about NBA defense is it's kind of like taking a test, right? Mm. There's like 100 possessions. So it's like a 100 question test and nobody's going to get 100 out of 100. Right. Um, I think Schroeder is like, like he's an he's an A in these games, so he's getting 90, 95 out of 100 of those rotations correctly. Guys like Troy Brown, I think they're getting maybe 65 or 70. That's a huge difference. I mean, that's yeah. that's 25 plays where you're giving up an open three, uh, which is that's that's going to cost you a lot in the long run. And you, you know, um, yeah, I don't, don't want to single out both players, but basically all of the guards that they have out there right now are are in that like C range where. Right. They're probably making 75 out of 100. If you can get a guy that's making 95 out of 100, your defense is going to be a lot better. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point of like all the guards because like I've been ranting and raving about how well Kobe has 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 improved. But that's if I mean to to keep it in, to uh, keep it in perspective, that's just him rising from like uh, oh god we got Kobe playing defense to like <laughs> hey like Kobe is holding his own kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? So that's even like like you said, like 60, 70, around there, you know? So, like, I I think that was a great uh, way to describe it. Yeah, I would agree with your assessment on Kobe, too. I mean, in his first couple of years, he was – I mean, he was getting a lot of stuff wrong. He's probably like a 30 or 40. And, yeah, now he's probably <laughs> at that same Troy Brown Jr. level, which is not – I mean, that's a huge improvement. That's a yeah. massive improvement. So give him credit. But it's still – I mean, it's still costing them points when he's making those mistakes. Yeah. So they can get somebody – if they can get a veteran – I mean, Chris, you said that there's other targets, which I agree with, but just somebody who can get in that B range, it's going to make a really big difference on the defense. Yeah. And I think that's why Lonzo and Crusoe are so important for this team because their communication and also the fact that they're stalling ball handlers gives our help defenders more time and more, more time to process where they should be on the floor. And so they're missing less rotations when, when Crusoe and Lonzo are there. And they also have to make less rotations when they're yeah. there because Cruz was blowing up stuff at the, at the, at the point of attack. So it's just, it's tough. It's tough without him. I, um, I, but I, yeah, I think to go along with, uh, to go along with uh, what you're saying, Chris, and what, what uh, Steph is saying, like he brings up the test and you bring up Caruso and Lonzo, like when Caruso's out there, he's giving you the answers to the test. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's sitting back there like, Oh, they're going to run a double, a, a flare screen here. Hey, you go out. Like yeah. you just number, listen to him. He's number four. The answer number four is C. Everyone in C. Exactly. You saying it before. Teacher's like, I haven't, even, I haven't even given you the questions yet. That's how good he is at defense. DeMar so. said that he was like a professor giving a thesis. That was his quote on Caruso. So, yeah, I think that That's analogy right. is pretty good. <laughs> My goodness, man. Let's, um, let, let's play the rest of this clip because I know we got 
a ton, a ton to talk about tonight, and I'm excited to do so. Okay, yeah. Um, this is just more help stuff. Like he gets beat here, but he fights to get back yes. into play. He gets a pretty good contest. So um, yeah, as an odd ball defender, I don't think he's nearly as good. He gets blown by here. I saw a couple blow bys in this magic game. So I think with like speedier guards, uh, they can get by him. Mm -hmm. So if when when I say that Schroeder is a good defender, I just want to be clear that that's what I mean. Um, and then on the offensive end, Laro, you talked about this already, but he's just so fast. Like he can yeah. get to the rim, um, just blow by guys on the other end. Like if he doesn't even need a screen, like just one on one, he can create shots for other people. Which I don't, I don't really know how much the Bulls need to be honest, but it's just you know it's it's nice to have, I guess. Yeah. And then um, that last clip is like him going to the rim and just getting pummeled, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, when when the teams do bring help against him, like he can get in trouble trying to do too much. Uh, this has been kind of a staple on all of his teams is he thinks that he's better than he is. Mm -hmm. So he's like a pretty high usage player who doesn't really have the efficiency to back that up. So that is kind of the other side of the coin where um, that's why he didn't get like a huge contract offer this summer. Like he, what's he making? Like seven million or something? Yeah, uh, something like that. It might be okay, right? Five five point eight this yeah. season. So. Okay, yeah. So so he's still a useful player, but he just doesn't really know his limits that well, which can be a problem. But on the other side, you know, Billy really got the most out of him. Like he basically revived his career in OKC. So you yeah. would hope that they have that same kind of chemistry again and Billy can kind of reign. I mean, Billy's been so good with every single player on the roster, right? So I have uh, yeah. a little bit more confidence that as compared to Ime Udoka, who's been kind of a wreck in Boston, um, maybe Billy can do a little bit better job with that. For sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, his true shooting percentage that year, uh, the last year in OKC was 57%. So, I mean, like and that's that's like the best by far. And that's just like that's pretty much average. Like I think fifty six yeah. average. So it's crazy. yeah, he takes a lot of shots, and he's I mean he's 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 a good offensive player for sure. But if he could clean stuff up, that's when you would really think that man, this guy's helping our offense a ton. Whereas um, the way that he's played and previously in his career, he's just yeah, he's just taking too many shots basically. Mm -hmm. So that's I think that's a great breakdown on Dennis Schroeder, and you know, I I do think that trading for him can make some sense. The other guy who was in trade talks or the Bulls were listed as interested in is Jakob Pertl, who is the mm. center from the Spurs. Now, Steph, you wrote a, an amazing article on him in your Hidden Gem series for Sporting News. So I wanted to see if you can give the, the Reader's Digest version of what of what makes you like Pertl so much and what makes you think he'd be a good target for the Bulls. And then we can talk about trade scenarios that, that could happen. I need to get some more duct tape. I need to put a little Spurs thing here and figure out what Pirtle's number is. Tape <laughs> because, yeah, I'm a huge, huge Pirtle fan. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I wrote something for him on Sporting News. I watched, like, probably 10 of their most recent games, the Spurs' most recent games, to write that thing. So I got a really good feel for how he plays. Uh, one of the biggest problems about him, why he's not, I think, more highly regarded, is he's a terrible free throw shooter. I think he's, like, 35% on the year. So you see teams occasionally. I think the Bulls might have done this, actually, too. Um a couple of years ago is they intentionally foul him at the end of games. And then he just lets teams back into it. Basically. Yeah. It doesn't happen all the time. Um, but the bull, the nice thing about if he came to the bulls is he would be backing up Vucevic, Right. So like mm. he wouldn't be playing uh, at that very end of games and the bulls would not have that problem, but he's probably the best rim protector. I'd say behind Rudy Gobert. I mean, he's just amazing. Yeah. Like his yeah. timing 
is impeccable. Both of his parents were professional volleyball players. Wow. So, yeah, he has, like, crazy hops, um, super athletic. Like, he's this, like, tall white guy, so people don't think that he's that athletic. He is really, really athletic. Um, moves great in space, so you can play him in multiple different kinds of defensive schemes. That's and huge. then, um, yeah, he's he's so perfect for the Bulls. Like, the Bulls, the, what the Bulls need in their big men, and this is why Tony Bradley has been not very good for them, is they need big men with ball skills who can put mm-hmm. the ball on the floor, who can play in these de- delay sets, who can pass really well and screen really well and make good decisions. He does all that stuff. I mean, he's really smart. Um, so, yeah, the reason the, – the only basic thing – that is keeping him from being like a really plus starter is he can't shoot at all. Like the farthest shot he's taken this year is from like 14 feet. He shoots these really crazy runners whenever he's not shooting layups that actually go in like pretty frequently, but they look terrible. He's not going to stretch the floor and then the free throw thing. But other than that, like, I mean, if he was a backup, he would, I, I can't think of a better backup. He would definitely be like the best backup center in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I totally so that's, agree. And my thought on him is if we were to bring him in, that would probably be his main role. And one of the weaknesses of the Bulls all season we've been talking about is the lack of scheme versatility at the five on defense. Because, you know, Vooch, they got him playing a little higher up on the drop, but there's there's not a whole lot else that the Bulls are doing there. And as you said, he's a big that can move in space. It's really, really good rim protector, which is another big weakness on defense, mm-hmm. is rim protection. So he would just provide a different look for opposing offenses uh, on, on the defensive end and I think shore up a lot because uh, you, you've you seen Rudy Gobert when he's on the floor and the Jazz, <laughs> Jazz, when he's on the floor versus off, when he missed whatever, how many games it was, the Jazz were awful defensively, just completely awful. And they're not good on the perimeter at all, but he cleans up so much of their mistakes. Pirtle, as you said, is, is one of the best for protectors behind Rudy Gobert. He could clean up a lot of things that are ailing the bulls on that end, especially in this interim without our, you know, all NBA defenders or all defensive team defenders and Lonson Crusoe. So yes. Can you, can you imagine a trio of Lonzo Caruso and Pirtle on the floor at the same time? Like what, what can a defensive, what, what, what can you do offensive? Like, Oh man, I would love that, man. I would love, I would like to see it as the meme goes. I would like to see it. Mm -hmm. So, what would it cost? So I I I pulled up here a, a trade suggestion that was that we've been talking about, and this trade I think in tandem with the Schroeder trade would make a lot of sense for me. Where Jakob Pertl is reported, the Spurs are looking for a a good player and a first round pick, and so the Portland first. Um, is kind of a fake pick. It's not going to convey this year. It's top fourteen protected, and the Blazers are obviously tanking, especially after the trade they made uh, just a day or two ago. So, you know, Kobe going out, Pirtle coming in, he's on a really reasonable contract. He's making $8.7 million this year. He makes a little bit more next year, I believe. And he would give us uh, incredible rim protection and <laughs> someone long-term that could kind of slide in to replace Vooch once Vooch's contract runs out. Um, so uh, what do you guys think of, of this trade or, or do you think, you know, what, what kind of things do you think we should be looking at trading to get a guy like Pirtle in the rotation? Honestly, looking, looking at this deal, I think it's totally fair. Um, I'm a big Kobe guy, but I think if you're going to move Kobe for someone, I think a guy like Jakob is, is, 
is more than fine. Um, I mean, you're talking about, you know, bringing in one of the best shot blockers and rim protectors in the game. Um, I, I think it, it, I think honestly, I think this is a good deal. Um, I would do it, um, hands down. Um, sorry, Will, if you, if you're ever watching, I, you know, I love your boy Kobe, but, uh, I think this would be a good, a good deal. Yeah. I think it just depends on what the bulls want to do this year. Like if they're really going to make a push, then, uh, like you said, Chris, like, I think that you need to make both these deals in tandem. Like you need to get Pirtle and Schroeder, like just getting one of those guys, like, what does that really do? Um, especially Schroeder cause he's expiring. So you're just renting him basically for a year. Yeah. And Kobe, you know, obviously he's, he's going to have like a longer term future with the team. They're going to have many years of team control on him. So, uh, yeah, and the other thing too is like you can even pair another deal alongside Pirtle and Schroeder, right? Because you still have uh, Derek Jones Jr. at that point. You still have Patrick Williams, so you can go for these bigger pro players that we've heard about. You know, the Harrison Barnes, the uh, Jeremy Grant type deals. So, yeah, I would either do all of them or basically do nothing, none of them. Um, but if they are going to do all of them, I, I like this deal a lot for the Bulls. The other thing this does is Jakob Pertl is 26 years old, so he fits in right with Levine and Lonzo and Caruso, like that whole timeline of guys. And, you know, eventually DeMar and and, and uh, Vuce aren't going to be here, and I think bringing a guy like this would really solidify your center spot for the foreseeable future. I mean, yeah. you could you could ride you could you could ride with with Pertl as your starting center for a long, long time and, and be a good team. So. You know, one of the it's funny because we always talk about centers being kind of the easiest to replace, the easiest position to replace. But it's for for the amount of money you're paying, I think. Um, but also the other the other the other position that's really easy to replace is shooting guards in general, like just guys who who, sh who shoot really well but but don't necessarily play a ton of defense. Uh, as we've talked about, Kobe's gotten a lot better and. I'm not moving Kobe just to move Kobe. I think he's really valuable on this team. And he's, he's played a really big role. Um, but so if you're going to move him, it's got to be for a long-term upgrade. And I think Pirtle meets that criteria. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I agree. I don't know what else there is to say on that one, but that, so that, that Pirtle, uh, the Pirtle rumor gets me excited, but I do know there's a lot of teams looking for starting centers right now. Uh, in the NBA, I know the Raptors, the Celtics. Uh, I mean, the Raptors are looking for one for sure. The Hornets are looking for one for sure. I know the Raptors have been kind of poking around about the same thing. I know Portland wants to get rid of Nurkic and bring in someone else. So there's there's there would be competition for for Pirtle. And um, yeah, let's see. I, let's see. As Bulls, you've seen plenty of talk about him as a rim protector, as as the center of the defense. How is Pirtle? Guarding as an individual player, like can he guard and B, can he be put on Giannis defensively? So, what what have you seen, Steph, with his defensive ability individually against some of those bigger competition? I don't think anybody can guard Embiid. So, <laughs> no. um, yeah, I think that he kind of got roasted a little bit when he played Embiid earlier, but he also had a pretty good game on the other end. So that kind of balanced out a little bit. And then, what was the other question about Giannis? Um, that's another mm -hmm. guy where like you can't. I mean, nobody can really guard him. So, yeah. uh, the like the Mavs had pretty. I think, like uh, with Maxi Kleber, like that type of player, uh, bigger guy who can guard wings, like that's worked okay for them. But um, yeah, I 
I don't think Pirtle's like going to stop Giannis or anything, but he would no. probably be a better option than Vucevic, which is what they used last time. And Vucevic was, I mean, he did okay, but like he's he's going to get blown by a lot if they stick with that matchup. So it would, it would be an upgrade, but definitely not like the answer or anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think if you go back and you watch the Raptors, that, that's that that what was that two thousand. Kawhi, what the year did the Raptors win the World uh, the World Series? The uh, 2019. The, the championship. Um, I think if you go back, like, yeah, Kawhi has like this, you know, amazing reputation. But if you go back, that was that was a team um scheme for Giannis. Like there's there's just not like even Kawhi, like I don't think like yes, he's probably got the best shot when he's when he was in his prime, but I don't think there's just one guy that you can just throw on Giannis and just say, Hey, you got it, brother. You know, like I I, I think it has to be a team scheme. Um, and, uh, yeah, same thing with Joel Embiid, man. I mean, those are two names that like, I mean, come on, man. Like they're MVP, yeah, I mean, there's, they're MVP there's literally, or MVP candidates. Yeah. There's literally nobody in the league. I can't think of one player in the league that could discard Embiid one-on-one. So no. you're going to have to have a team effort for sure. There is one guy who can guard Giannis one-on-one. His name is Ryan Archdiakono. Really well. <laughs> Caruso played him pretty good Caruso, too before yeah, I mean, he Caruso, played him with a broken wrist and he was still stopping him so he snatched the ball out of Giannis's hands with a broken yeah, he wrist stuffed him. amazing that, stuff that might have did the did the work on the rest of the wrist man <laughs> that's why yeah. you can't get the jersey man after that play everybody wants a Caruso jersey they're hot it's yeah I've been I've been looking so they're late to the party man all right, so I know we want to get to the, the main event here, which is talking about wild wild and reasonable trade ideas. Some of them are wild, <laughs> some of them are reasonable. Um, that we, we So we asked the fans, those who watch the show and listen to the show, so thank you guys so much for your submissions. We appreciate you guys. Um, we, got, we got quite a few, so we're going to try and go through as many as we can. I know, Steph, we can't keep you all night, but uh, we'll, we'll keep you for a few of these here and see what we think. So the first one I've got... And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna work the trade machine kind of as we go. So, this is from Jeff Miller. He emailed us, and so we got the Bulls in one with the Thunder. Sorry, I'm gonna work this as we go. So sorry for the. It's gonna be a little slow here at first. And the Grizzlies is the other team. Favors. Okay. There's some players on the Thunder that I really like to mm-hmm. uh, get moved. There's so. there's one. Yeah. I hope we're getting Kenny um, Hustle here. Kenny 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 Hustle is is the man that uh that is being traded to the Bulls. There we go. And then Xavier Tillman. You don't need to do any more of this stuff, Chris. I'm, I'm Xavier Tillman? Xavier if Tillman you, from You could get Tillman. Woo-wee. Uh Thunder get Troy Brown Jr. Congratulations, Thunder. <laughs> The guy, our guy, Marco Simonovic. Oh yeah, going going to the Thunder. I can drive him to the airport. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get somebody on these other teams fired if this trade goes through. <laughs> <laughs> and the Portland first, and the Grizzlies get the one and only Muscala, Mike Muscala. All right, so let's see let's see if this works here. He's having actually a pretty good damn year. Here we go. So this is the trade. Uh, this is this is Jeff Miller. Um, so let me read because I know he he had um, explanation an explanation of this one if I can pull it up I'm so slow. Um, so recent there was a recent report that OKC is looking to deal Kenrich for a first rounder. 
Bulls can send our projected Portland pick. Um, they can also include it, you know, <laughs> and they can also include Marco if they need a little bit more. He's an excellent point of attack defender, Kendrick Williams. He was regularly assigned to the opposing point guard, despite being classified as a combo forward. He can take tough matchups one through four. Uh, and then talks about Tillman. Tillman had a very productive rookie year. Currently finds himself outside the rotation. Memphis just happens to be a really deep team. Um, they've got a lot of guys in the front court. Tillman's low volume, low percentage outside shooter. Sorry, Tillman. Outside of Tillman are all low volume, low percentage shooters. They can bog down the offense. And then so Muscala for the Grizzlies gives them a little bit of shooting, floor spacing option that would fix that. Tillman here on the Bulls would warrant significant playing time as a hybrid 4-5. Very active, aware defensively. Um, and also helps with the Bulls luxury tax concerns saves them well saves them a little bit of money <laughs> so for for the you know for the upcoming years because these guys are both on very very cheap contracts so want to see what, what do you guys think Lara Lara you're, you're you're looking like you're ready to you're ready to get Kenny Hustle and Tillman on our team so what do you think about this trade do you think this is a fair trade fair trade for all sides and do you think these are some guys that the Bulls should be looking to get I I think it goes along with what uh, Steph said. I think if you look at the players in this deal, like the Bulls, in my opinion, get the bo- the best players in this deal, both of them. I think the Grizzlies GM would be fired or <laughs> at least be talked about being, being fired. And I think the Thunder, I mean, who knows what they're thinking about. They probably just care about the I, pick. But to be honest – yeah, the, the the first rounder and Marco. I mean, I'm just kidding. Marco just had like a 2020 game yesterday, didn't he? <laughs> 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 I don't understand how Marco cannot see, and like he's so bad apparently that he cannot see an NBA floor. But he's out here getting 20 and 20 in the G League. But anyways, continue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll just leave it. I'll just make it fast. Like I think. Obviously, I would take this deal in a heartbeat because I think both those guys can come right into our rotation and, and give what what you know we 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 would like. You know, defensively, both of these guys are right where you want them to be on this team. I think Xavier Tillman gives you that versatility at the four or five. Kendrick Williams, he, he I mean, he can guard. I mean, he can really guard. Um, and I, I'll just leave it at that. I would take this deal, but I don't think it's possible. So who who's the, you think the Grizzlies are the one that's holding up this deal then, right? The Grizzlies wouldn't oh, ship out Tillman for Muscala. For Muscala. Like, I know he's having a good year. He's shooting the ball really well. But, I mean, you're giving up – I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. I mean, especially Xavier Tillman, like, in the playoffs, like, he could be somebody you can throw in there situationally. I know he's out of the, the rotation. But, I mean, it'd take a little bit more than Mike Muscala for me to think about moving Xavier Tillman, in my opinion. What about you, Steph? I think from a value prop, uh, it looks pretty good. Like nobody is running away with the trade, but from like a team needs perspective, I don't really think it makes much sense to be honest. Like the Grizzlies, uh, yeah, like Lara said, Mike Pascal is having a really good year. I think he's shooting like forty three percent on threes on pretty high volume. He barely plays because the Thunder are trying to lose games, so it'll definitely help a team, but. What the Grizzlies are trying to do right now is they have so many solid rotation players. They're trying to do a consolidation trade. So they're going to use a guy like Tillman for that purpose. Muscala, I mean, this is a really bad fit for him if he goes to the Grizzlies because they're already so deep yeah. that like, he might not even play for them. 
Whereas like if he goes to a team like the Lakers, I think the Lakers can really, really use Muscala. Or even yeah. the Bulls, like the Bulls could use Muscala too. More. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense for him to go to the Grizzlies, although that's like a fair value prop. And then um, as far as the Bulls side, I really like Kenny Hustle. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know if Tillman is going to play rotation minutes in the playoffs either. Like they kind of need a, a more NBA ready player, I feel like. So it just, uh, I don't I don't really think it hits what these teams are looking for aside from the thunder who are just you know all the like you said all they care about is picks so what if we what if we swap this up here took the grizzlies out and just had instead mike muscala coming to the bulls for this package because my thing is i like kenny i think maybe this is i think the value is pretty close here but i've heard other gms in the league i've heard i've heard people say that the Thunder aren't getting the first round pick for 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 Kenny. Like they they're thinking like it's a high second or you know something something a little bit less equivalent. So I wonder if if you add Muscala to the deal and take the Grizzlies out of it, you know, would would that would that do it for you? Would would that be a fair a fair proposition? Because I think it's close. I think it's close. I, I, you can go ahead, Steph. Yeah, I think the value prop is like pretty good here again but um so if you do this trade then you're taking Schroeder out of the equation right because you're moving brown so um like what's the alternative i guess it would be my my biggest qualm here I, I think it's a good trade but i think that the bulls could probably do better especially like i mean this With portland pick is like the only yeah that is a fake pick like you said like it's lottery protected until 2028 and then it turns into a second rounder so there's a pretty good chance that it actually becomes second round pick um, but that's like the only thing really they have. So I would save that for like a higher impact players. Although I love Kenny Hustle and mm-hmm. yeah, Muscal is definitely going to play for the Bulls if he was traded. But I think, yeah, I think that they need to look a little bit higher. I wouldn't hate it though if they did it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Awesome. Uh, all right. Um what I should have been doing while you guys were talking about that is bringing up the next trade, but <laughs> I'm not, not the smartest. We can person just uh, banter, here. banter, banter here. While we, uh, <laughs> I love, I love when I'm listening to podcasts and they just say like, okay, just talk for a little bit. I got to do something. <laughs> it's just like the most, most awkward uh, conversation for like the next 45 seconds. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, okay. There, this is an interesting one. We got from another email from Pete Hughes. And he he kind of brought two two different trades, so I'm going to put both the trades up as kind of one trade, um, just for the visual sake and, and time sake. Um, and let me let me just pull it up while I'm doing it, so we can all see. But uh, it oh ends up gosh. being a tra- <laughs> yeah. hold on, no, yeah, Wait, this is I, haven't, I haven't gotten. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, for the podcast listeners, Chris just pulled up like a. 25 player trade. <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to go through all of these guys. So what's happening here is the Clippers and the Bulls are just completely switching rosters. Okay. And also pages <laughs> here. Um, let's see. Derek Jones Jr. And I can't find these dudes. So this is the Bulls getting Ibaka though? Is the Yeah. Trade. So the, their first trade basically is the Bulls are getting Nicholas Batum and Serge Ibaka in exchange for Derek Jones Jr., Matt Thomas, who finally, for the first time this week, actually appears on the, the trade machine, and a Chicago second. 
which we don't have until 2026, and it's supposed to go straight to the league. Uh, and then there's a second trade here is between, so it's a separate trade, but I'm just going to put it on because it'll, it should work. Um, but the Bulls are getting Tory Craig traded to the Bulls and uh, Justin Holiday. Wow. And the Pacers are getting Tory Brown Jr., who's somewhere. Up way up here. Okay. Turbound Jr. and Kobe White. Okay, hopefully this all works. Success. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so remember these are these are two separate trades, but basically, yeah, Derek Jones and Matt Thomas and a second round pick go to the Clippers for Serge Bach and Batum. Troy Brown Jr. and Kobe White go to the Pacers for Justin Holiday and Tory Craig. So that's from our guy, Pete Hughes, that, that put together this trade. So this one's interesting for me. I, I'll just say, I think the Pacers trade, I think the Bulls are giving up too much in that trade. I think Kobe's worth, as as much as I love Justin Holiday, and I think he'd be really valuable here. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I would trade Kobe. I think I'd need something else back from the Pacers before I would trade Kobe. But what do you guys think about these two deals? Um... Now, I, I do like the Batum um, being considered to be a bull because I I, I did see a report saying that, that uh, they would be open to moving Batum or uh, Mark, who is it, Marcus Morris? Or Mark, I think it's Marcus Morris. But um, I would definitely be open to having, having Batum on this team. Um, and if the Clippers are willing to do that deal, um, I think I would be okay with it. Um, but... The Pacers deal, like I, I think you're totally right. Like Kobe deserves, I mean, in terms of what he uh he's worth, I think he's worth more than what the, the Pacers are offering. So uh I think I'm right there with you um in terms of how you feel about this deal. Yeah, I don't really know why the Clippers would do this. Um, I guess the only reason would be they're saving some money and their tax bill is exorbitant. They have to pay some sort of like repeater penalties. So it looks like they're cutting $3 million. That's like going to end up saving them, I don't know, something. We'll just call it like $10 million. But with the moves that they just recently made, it seems like they're making a push to um, not, not go all in this year, but just like um, – they're definitely making a push to see how far they can go. So trading away Batum, who was so key for them last year, I think Ibaka's pretty washed. Like, I think he's a good name, but um, yeah, I wouldn't really count on him to have a ton of production. But uh, I think Batum is like, I haven't watched a ton of him this year, but based on last year, like he was so key for them. Um, I don't really see them moving him. Yeah, well. I, I just know I think Mark I think Mark Schindler had said that he that there was a report out that they would be open to moving Batum and more. Yeah, but I, that was probably before they just made this most recent trade, right, for Rocco and those guys. So I think they've kind of shifted. Know. I think they've probably shifted like what they're what they're doing. Hmm. I know, like yeah, like a week ago or whatever, um, there were reports that all their guys were basically available. But you know, this NBA trade deadline, things move really quickly and they change rapidly, so it. I would guess, I mean, I'm not certain, but I would guess that that's kind of changed and they're kind of trying to keep on holding on to their really good players. How, how do you feel about Luke Kennard? Uh, I have no 
feeling towards Luke Kennard. I'm not proud <laughs> of the name Luke Kennard all season, so but he's okay, I guess. A very average player. Yeah. Amazing. Um, uh, yeah, he's improved a lot. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. All right, I've got I've got a more wild trade for you guys from our friend Ethan McDougal. I've already Love got Ethan. it. I've got it. Love Ethan. Love Ethan. This trade's wild. So the Bulls oh, and Spurs make a trade. The Bulls get DeJounte Murray, Jakob Pertl, Derek White, and Keldon Johnson in exchange for Nikola Vucevic, Troy Brown Jr., Kobe White, and Patrick Williams. <laughs> so this actually is nearly cap equal. Uh, the Bulls save just under a million and get DeJounte Murray as apparently your backup point guard, which I really like a lot because <laughs> I love DeJounte <laughs> Murray. He's probably my second favorite player in the league behind uh, John Morant. And then Derek White, who's an extremely good shooting guard, Jakob Perto, who we already talked about, and then Keldon Johnson, who's like a kind of a – on offense, he's had a really, really good year. He shot really well from three. On defense, he's still definitely a work in progress. Um, I don't think the Spurs do this at all. Um, that's my thought. But if they did, I would do this in a heartbeat, <laughs> probably. Murray's really step. good. I mean, people are massively underrating Murray. I think he's probably going to get into the All Star game based on uh, like an injury replacement. Um, yeah, he's averaging average average twenty nine and nine. I missed I know, that exactly. just. The, I know we can't get him, but figure out a way, Ethan. If you're giving us the entire Spurs roster and like the super complicated <laughs> trade, figure out a way to get that back too. Yeah. I know they love Patrick Williams. The Spurs were one of the teams that were trying to trade up. They were originally planning to draft Patrick Williams at their spot, but then the Pistons and the Bulls started being interested, and they were in the Pistons or the Spurs were rumored to be looking to try and jump those teams and draft Patrick Williams. So I know they love Pat. And, you know, Kobe's a great, great young player. I'm just not sure. I, I don't think Vooch is doing it for them. Um, like, if, if they're trying to gain younger talent, I don't think Vooch makes much sense in it. Um, and DeJounte Murray is really, really good. I think he's the best player in this deal, um, personally. But, yeah, that's a fun one, though. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun trade to think about, yeah. for sure. Uh, any any further any other thoughts you guys have while I sneakily bring up the next trade? Uh, I think I think I have maybe a little too much. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little too much f- uh, faith, maybe 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 faith is a good word. In terms in terms of Vooch, like I I need to be like. Like in these, like I understand that deal, like getting Dejounte back, but um, I'm just trying to think, like offensively, like I know defensively it would be, it would be good, but like offensively, I don't know, like is Jakob gonna, I don't know, we that would have to be another conversation. So I, in terms of Vooch, like I just would have to, I don't know, be blown blown away, but that's just me, that's me, my on my own. All right, let's see. This one's a little more complicated, unfortunately. So it's taking me a second here. Um, How many teams we got, Chris? Three, but there's several picks exchanging hands. So it's just the part that makes it hard. Um, All right. So uh, let me just put it up while I'm doing it so you guys can see. 
it's these are not all the players involved, but it's coming. So this this one, the Bulls are getting Kyle Anderson from the Grizzlies and a couple seconds, nice. one from Memphis and one from Detroit. The Pistons are getting Tyus Jones and Derek Jones Jr. has the matching salary for Slomo. He's going to the Pistons. They also get Culver, who's continuing to be passed around, but he's a pretty decent year for, for Memphis, actually. And then the Grizzlies are getting Jeremy Grant and Corey Joseph, who's somewhere. There he is. And the Grizzlies are all sort of see. Oh, man, hold on. Uh, right, Portland so first. I can just start talking about this a little bit while you. Yes, please. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think this is the type of trade that does make more sense for the Grizzlies, where they're getting um, more top end talent. Like Jeremy Grant, I think is probably like a really good number three or number four on like a strong playoff team. So they still need that number two guy to pair with Jaw, but um, like I, they could definitely use Jeremy Grant. And then from the Bulls side, I love Kyle Anderson. Um, yeah, he's not playing a ton for the Grizzlies because they have this problem that I talked about where they just have too many rotation players. Um, looking at this from the Pistons side. So like from the Bulls side, um, I like it. They're not giving up too much from the Grizzlies side. It makes sense from the, the Pistons do this. Uh, they're getting two first round picks. One of them's a fake first round pick. Wait a minute. Sorry. I think that's supposed to be that Utah pick is supposed to be uh, a second round pick. So pretend that's a second round pick. Yeah, I think that. So I think the Pistons are like the hold up here. I don't think they would do that. Like I think they could probably get a better package for Jeremy Grant. He's going to be kind of like the headliner of this um, <clears throat> trade deadline period. Uh, <sighs> like there's better players that are available, but he's like the best, most likely player to be moved. Um, so I think they can probably hold out for something a little bit better. I'm interested to see where Jeremy Grant ends up because he's already voiced how he feels about his future. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where he ends up. Yeah. That's the other thing too. Like, would he be okay with being the fourth guy on the Grizzlies? Like at least with the bulls, if you move him and he's the fourth guy, he has all these previous relationships, but with the Grizzlies, I don't, I don't think he really knows anyone there. Um, so that would be, that'd be a tough sell as well. Yeah. So Tyus Jones is a really, really good backup point guard. Mm -hmm. um, so the Pistons may go for this because they're getting uh, Tyus Jones is, He's on his last year of his deal, though. Jarrett Culver's still kind of a project, so it's basically just the Portland first, and you know, a decent, like a good rotation player, but it's for a tanking team. So I, I do think agree that the Pistons are probably the one that gets held up here. I also think the Grizzlies probably wouldn't be too thrilled to give up Tyus Jones in exchange for Corey Joseph, but Jeremy Grant does make a lot of sense there, especially if you play JJJ at the five a little bit more, and you can move Stephen Adams. That's a really, really nice lineup. That'd be pretty nasty with Bain, Jaw, JJJ, and Jeremy Grant. But, uh, I just, I just really hope he thinks about it because, like, I understand. I, I, like, get your money, big dog. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not telling you not to get your money, but I really hope he really like digs deep and thinks about it because, like, I think he could fit a team and just really take them to another level. But like, you know, like I said, I don't blame him for wanting to get some money. But like, I do. I mean. Like you guys said, that Grizzlies fit would be nice. Sorry, I screwed up this other one too. It's it's two second round picks going to each team. I'm sorry, two second round picks going to the Bulls, 
are Portland first and a second round pick going to the Pistons. I don't know why I had they've got the Grizzlies have so many firsts that I just figured one of them was the second at some point, but <laughs> nope, they've got a ton of firsts. But yeah, that would be a really a fun consolidation trade for them. Um, Steph, I think maybe we've got time for one more before we're going to let you go. Let me sure. see if I can. Oh, this is a fun one. So this one is, I'll just leave it. Are you going to do the Zion one? <laughs> oh, so you, you want to do the Zion one? <laughs> you guys can do that one yourselves. That one's a fun <laughs> I one. I don't think you guys need me for that one. This one is, uh, involves getting John Collins. Okay. On the Bulls. Interesting. I'm interested to see how this one uh, shakes out. I don't think I saw this one. So John Collins going to the Bulls and also TLC. Ah. The return. <laughs> Timothy. Yeah, Joe Cowley is always make fun of that guy. Let's see. Derek Jones, Patrick Williams, Troy Brown. Every time you click uh, trade Patrick Williams on there, my, my heart breaks a little bit. <laughs> I know. I know. <clears throat> see, I think this is it. All right. Yeah, Bulls get TLC and John Collins, and they give up Derek Jones, Troy Brown, uh, and the real price here is Patrick Williams and a first-round pick. I'm going to say I, I think the Hawks don't do this because they kind of want to win now, and Patrick's injured. And even though Derek Jones is a decent rotation player, clearly a step down from John Collins this year. But to get Patrick Williams long-term, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? I would love to get John Collins. He would yeah. be really fun. He'd be really fun here. He's a great player. Uh, you want to go first, Steph? Sure. Yeah, uh, we've kind of discussed this a little bit in our, our little group chat. I'm not, I think John Collins is a really good player, um, but I don't think that he's a great fit for the Bulls just because when you have Vooch there, you want a four that offers a little bit more rim protection. And Collins, you know, he had a reputation for being just a horrendous defender earlier on in his career. He's gotten a lot better, um, but he's still like below average, I would say, like pretty solidly below average. Um, so, yeah, I think the Bulls don't really have a problem offensively right now like their offense is pretty good especially their half um yeah their half court offense when they they have these like really good isolation scores and damar and zach so uh what they they need is like a defensive four that can contribute offensively in like a low usage role so that's not really collins at all so well yeah i think it, he's a good player like you, you know you want to stack good players obviously so like that would be good i just it's it's i, I would target a different kind of player yeah, no, I, I think um, I think I would do this deal if maybe, I don't know, if Pat wasn't in it, or maybe if it was like Kobe or something, because I, I, I understand what Steph is saying about uh, John Collins in terms of his, his defensive ability, but I do think he's gotten better. I think his strength defensively would probably be his weak side rim protection if, if I had to if I had to pick one, um, but like you said, offensively, like he's already said, like he wants to be more involved. He wants, you know, so him coming here, it ain't, ain't helping that. Cause you ain't taking the ball out of yeah. Zach Levine's hands. You ain't taking it out of DeMar's hands, you know? So it's like, yeah. So I don't know. That's a good point. Leo. You know where I think uh, John Collins fits really well, the Hawks. 
I don't There's understand. no reason they should be trading him. So, like, he's he's complaining that he doesn't get enough touches on offense, but they're, like, the number two offense or something. So that he doesn't really have a claim to say that, like, he should be getting more shots, in my opinion. His 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 problem is Trey Young. Is No one likes playing with Trey Young on that team, apparently. This is all we, <laughs> the only reports we get is, like, players. You know why? It's because he has the ball on offense all the time, and he doesn't play defense. So it's the two things if you ever play pickup that you hate the most in pickup is a guy who <laughs> – doesn't play defense and always has to have the ball in his hands. So I understand. I understand why. Um, but yeah, I think John Collins is a perfect fit on uh, on the Hawks. <laughs> they shouldn't be looking to trade him. That's the so. scouting report on Ricky O'Donnell. I've heard he's all offense, no defense. So never pick him on your pickup team. <laughs> <laughs> well, he Steph, just... a... no, sorry. Bad, sorry. Uh, I just want to say, Steph, thanks so much for coming on. It was, it was a great time as always to, to talk some talk some trade, talk some bulls with you. Um, let people know where they can find your work. If the, if if you are not following Stefano, for the love of God, please, <laughs> is the the absolute best follow on Twitter for Bulls analysis and now league-wide analysis. I'm really excited. I'm so excited for this new job. You're killing it already. The memes have continued. The cat mm-hmm. meme, the cat video is still, still happening for every Bulls win. So, Steph, where, where can the people find you? Yeah, now that I'm a national guy, I'm not supposed to be a Bulls homer, so I gotta I gotta cover this up a little bit. <laughs> Jersey. Uh, but yeah, you can find me. I'm always tweeting um, way too much. Twitter account Steph No S T E P H N O H, and then yeah, just read my stuff at Sporting News every Tuesday. I'm doing this column called Hidden Gems, which is profiling like a top forty to a hundred ish player. These guys don't really get a lot of attention, so. I think it's fun to, um, yeah, just like show the the beauty of basketball outside of these stars that you just hear over and over and over and over again. And like every article is about the Lakers, like who cares, right? Like, <laughs> I don't even think Lakers care. Lakers fans care about the Lakers anymore. So it's fun to write different stuff. This next one, as I said, is coming out on Wendell Carter Jr., which I think Bulls fans would be interested in because, yeah, I've uh, already watched a bunch of Wendell's games, and he has changed uh, pretty significantly from his time with the Bulls. So that one's going to be fun to write. Yeah, I, I like uh, like Chris said, man. Like we we appreciate you, you know, taking the time out of your I'm pretty sure busy schedule, especially not only like it's one thing to cover the Bulls the way you used to and still do. Um, they take so much, you know, detail. Like you're not watching games just given the easy meatball takes you're, you're you're diving in you're watching scheme you're you're ta- you know you're 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 keeping track of player development um and now you're doing that for for the the league so again man i appreciate you coming on it's always been fun having you on man so man keep doing what you do brother you guys too i i love what you guys are doing you're doing something different from everybody else which i definitely appreciate so you guys keep on rocking too Appreciate it, Seth. We'll see you soon. Thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, talk to you later, man. Good to see you. All right. We'll see you guys in the secret group chat that we reference on every podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you guys. uh, See you later. Thanks for having me. See you, man. No problem. See you. Oh, man. Okay, so that was... Steph's so good. Steph's great. Great follow. Great person. Really smart. Just totally different thinker. Um, just the way he thinks about the game has always impressed me. And I always learn something yeah. when I read his stuff and, and talk to him. So wanted to have him on for some of those trades. By the way, I I completely forgot to say who the last trades were submitted by. So the slow-mo trade with Memphis, that was submitted submitted by Nippy. So shout out Nippy. He's a, a big supporter of the pod. Yeah, he's Appreciate always you, in man. There, man. 
of it. Oh, and then uh, Brandon M, he's the one that, that came up with the John Collins trading. And he actually submitted a couple more trades as well that we're going to get to. Um, so let's see. Let's Let me see if I can get to this next one. We got another one. Uh, I, and it's it's just gonna be it's it's just hard to, to put them up in real time. Yeah, <laughs> I got no I got no other I got no other choices here. So um, we got a three team trade. Brandon M submits where with with the Bulls, the Celtics, and the Wizards. So the Wizards are actually a team. I really think that the Bulls have a decent chance at making a trade with. Because they've got a, a glut of power forward center types, yeah, and they really need some guards, um, and they're looking to trade Spencer Dinwiddie, so they may be looking to bring in someone like, like I think like a Kobe White mm -hmm. would be someone that would be very attractive to them. Um, so here's here's a trade where the the Bulls are getting Montrez Harrell, the Celtics are getting Tony Brad uh, Tony Bradley. The other TBJ, Tony Bradley, <laughs> and Davis Bertans, which I'm sure they're really excited about. Celtics are getting Davis Bertans um, and Dinwiddie. Mm. So this is it. This is where it gets interesting. I think the Celtics, and then the Celtics are, are then the the Wizards are getting Josh Richardson. So he's a shooting guard. Slash small forward, uh, Horford and Schroeder. So Horford, sorry, I'll pop this up. Is it on the screen yet? Did I put it on the screen yet? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let's see. There we go. Trade failed. Oh, hold on a second. I think I did. I did. I fail to get something here. Let's see. We're missing like seven million dollars of a, of a player. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get Trez, Tony TBJ, Bertans, Dinwiddie, J.H. Horford, Schroeder. I'm gonna have to look back at this. But what do you think about just the principle of getting Montrez Harrell, who's been a really, really nice, um, really nice. It, you know, I, it's probably gonna be. My guess would be Derek Jones. Who's going oh, out here? Okay. Yeah, because outcoming. Would it be going to the Celtics? Let's see. This is always uh, like playing Tetris in me. Like I'm... I know. It's exciting <laughs> times. All right. Here we go. All right. That works in the trade machine, at least. Uh, now, it is a it is a, a two-for-one trade for the Bulls and a four-for-three for the uh, – that, that, that could work. That could work. So what do you think about this trade or getting Montrose held? He's, a, he's had a really nice year this year. Yeah. Um, I think in this deal – it would suck losing DJJ. Um, like I, I like Trez. And I, I, I think... <laughs> hey, What's up, Brandon? Hey, that's hey. I like the. I mean, these th these are fun to talk about. Yeah. Even if, even if they not, even if they don't work, or one team says there's no way they're going to do that, it's always a great conversation starter, and it gets yeah. it gets the minds working. So, I liked the last one. It was that was a fun that John Collins trade. I I think so, overall, I, I think I like. Um, I think I think I'd like it because I think Harold could be a nice backup center, um, even power forward. Um, he's a lob threat at the rim. Um, he applies that pressure as well as a lob threat. Um, defensively, I feel like I feel like he's all right. Uh, but 
I don't know why my hang up is DJJ so much, but I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Salim says by adding Montrez, Bulls are committing fully to scoring 130 with no defense. They're already there, Salim. That's where they are currently. I, it's it's my blood pressure every single time I watch the Bulls since Caruso went down has been through the roof in every game. I just can't watch. It's so hard to watch because it's just a shootout and just hope that the Bulls win the shootout. <laughs> yeah, it's been tough, man. It's been it's been tough. I don't know. I, I probably have to watch more film on Montrez before I said yes to this. I, I have to be honest. I haven't watched a lot of the Wizards games unless we played them. Um, mm -hmm. But I, DJJ is the hangup for me. Um, I just I just like what DJJ brings when he's when he's on the floor. Um, energy. Yeah. You know, I I think I agree with you, at least from both perspective. I'm not sure that Derek Jones to Montrez is a significant upgrade. It may just kind of be like a more of a lateral move in terms yeah. of what you're getting. And then adding Tony Bradley to it just kind of thins us up a little bit. So I think the Bulls would probably have to get a little bit something more here. No, yeah. I did want to I did want to adjust this trade real quick. I, I wanted I wanted to talk about some a, a trade that I that actually I thought of. Um and that's for Kyle Kuzma. Hmm. Because, and this is going to be now. This this does get rid of Derek Jones as well, just for matching mm -hmm. salary. And we have to bring back Honeto. Hmm. So here's a trade that I thought. Of. This is one of the trades that I thought of. Is a kind of a, a remix of of the Wizards trade um, that gets us Kyle Kuzma. I think I really think Kyle Kuzma. Um, is a good defender. He's just a good all-around player. He's really developed yeah. a lot, and he's on a he's on a really really cheap, reasonable deal for the next few years. And the Wizards aren't really going anywhere, um, and I think they can cash in on him. Derek Jones, you know, obviously matching salary. Howell Neto has actually been a really decent backup too, uh, yeah, as well. So he could be a really nice kind of third string guy. But um, what do you think about this one? I think I would do it. Um, I think um, adding Kyle Kuzma is pretty huge, um, especially if you don't have to give up Pat. Um, and, or I mean, obviously you wouldn't have to give up Pat for, in my opinion, you wouldn't have to give up Pat. But like, as long as you have to, as long as you have Pat still on the squad and Kuzma is coming in, I think I like this deal. Um, Avi, you know, Kobe going out, I think we would have to find someone that could come off the bench and put, you know, score a bit. But I think adding Kuzma helps this team rebounding um, mm -hmm. because if Vooch isn't on the floor, we're just not a good rebounding team. Um, and scoring wise, you know, he could shoot it a bit. I know he's, I know he's got a low percentage, but he's shooting a lot of them. So um, I, I, I would like Kyle Kuzma on this team. I think that's a trade. Another trade where if you're trading Kobe for Kuz, getting Dennis Schroeder for Troy Brown in the second round pick makes a lot more sense, right? Yeah. You get that guard off the bench that can run your offense, that can score, that can get mm. downhill. Because yep. Kuzma can shoot, right? So he gives you a little bit more spacing, uh, get good defense, good size. I mean, he's he's, he's yeah. a good player. Yeah. yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, we got Brandon with a third trade here, which I'm trying to bring up here. Yeah, I think, Oh, I think yes. Yeah, I like this one. Oh, sorry, keep going. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, Kuzma is someone. I remember I was trying to talk to my boy who lives in 
Los Angeles, um, that that Kuzma is Kuzma, KCP, and Caruso. You're gonna feel it. Like you're gonna feel it when when they leave the Lakers. And he his hang up was Kuzma, and he's like, oh, Kuzma is overrated. And I'm like, dude, like you much you, you're not watching enough Lakers games then because Kuzma is he brings a lot of value. Um, and since he's been with the Wizards, he's had a little bit more usage, and like he's just really taken on to it and really progressed. So I, I would definitely love Kuzma on this team. I really would. I think you fit right in, honestly. Yeah, I think it, I, I agree with you. Um, I wanted him over the 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 summer. I thought he would be a really mm-hmm. nice piece to bring as at the power forward, but the Russell Westbrook trade went down, and that that kind of yeah. did it for that. But. Um, yep. Trying to finish up this trade here. That's got this one's actually kind of fun, I think. Once I can get it <laughs> on the screen. Um, let's see if this works. Let's see. Did it do it yet? Oh, hold on. I gotta get someone someone else to the who's getting the wizards? So bonus and sykes. Key for sykes, huh? Wow. 18 million. Who's going to the Pacers? Hold on. All right. Bulls get Trez and Mon- Montrez Harrell and, T- and Tory Craig. Wizards get Sabonis and Sykes. Pacers get Derek Jones, Troy Brown, Denny, Washington first. What's the difference here? 19.8. Does this have to go somewhere else? Maybe Derek Jones has to go. Maybe I'm just writing these things down wrong. So I apologize to our listeners that I'm not uh, not doing these things right. But Derek Jones, maybe to the Wizards instead. Would that do it? No. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure what what this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna next this one but i think the wizards are would be a really really i mean if the, if the wizards are going to keep beal which i think mm-hmm. they're stupid for doing i think they mm-hmm. should have traded beal already yeah they should trade beal right now and they should trade beal in the summer if he signs an extension or you do like trade trade beal but if you're going to keep beal i think demontis sabonis would be a really really nice pairing with him yeah and so that's that's kind of the the essence of this trade is is the the pacers are are uh, the wizards are getting demontis sabonis and kind of the Bulls act as the third party to kind of take on the salary of Tory Craig and Montrez Harrell and kind of shore up their front court, which I think is really, really good. Yeah, uh, it runs in the same thing with Derek Jones Jr. going out as kind of being like a kind of a lateral move for for Sabonis. I'm sorry for, for Sabonis for um, for Trez. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of, of bringing Tory Craig in here. Let's see. Yeah, do this trade. Yeah, this, so Zlima's right for the other trade. You do that uh, Kuzma trade, and then you do the Troy Brown Jr. in second for. For Schroeder trade, man. So I that's like a that. defensively, man. That'd be nice. Add a little bit more defense, a little bit, a little bit of scoring. Yeah, that would be nice. Well, I'm bringing this up. Do you want to maybe talk talk about what Tory Craig can do and like why you think he might be a nice target for the Bulls at, at his price? Yeah, no, <clears throat> I think we we saw um, last night, like in terms of what he can bring. Uh, Tory is like. That switchable defender, um, he can he's stretching it, he's stretching it um, in terms of like shooting it pretty well. Like he's doing it pretty well this year as well. Um, I, I just think defensively he's a great fit, and also he's like I said he's shooting it pretty well too. So 
he's somebody that this team needs another switchable defender um that can stretch the floor on offense um and, and create some space i think like i said i would love to have him on this team i i, I think you saw a little bit of his value uh with the with the bucks as well um another guy you can throw at kd and when kd comes back you can throw him at him um and and you know i, I like i said dude like he's 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 somebody that would help this team a lot i agree um all right i got a fun one here I, skoken had two the first one didn't work so i'm gonna but it was basically trying to get larry nance from portland mm -hmm. uh, skoken who's who's always always on on uh on the pod so appreciate you in the comments and and appreciate the, the ideas you're bringing forward. So basically Larry Nance and his idea was to get uh, Troy Brown Jr. and Javante Green. That You need a little bit more salary, so you'd have to throw in a guy like Matt Thomas maybe or or, or Marco or something in there uh, to get it working. But what do you think about bringing Larry Nance? I know he's had oh. some continuing some continuing struggles with with health this year, yeah. um, but I would, I would love to have Nance on this team. I wanted him in the Lowry trade personally, but yeah. Uh, I would say, I, like you said, I would rather have had Larry Nance. Um, and I would say that I get, like, I know DJJ was a dunk, dunk, dunk contest champion. Uh, he leaps out the, out the gym. But in terms of what he would be able to add, um, and I know and I, DJJ has had games when he's knocked down some threes in the corner, and you're like, whoa, you know. But I think the small ball five for, for uh, Larry Nance, the ability to shoot the three, the ability to operate and dribble handoffs, pick and rolls, be a lob threat um, defensively. Like I think we saw in the uh, most recent, if I remember the most, re no, not the most recent, but I think earlier in the year when we played the uh, trailblazers, like you saw, like he, he is someone on the defensive end that's a pest. He's in the passing lanes. He can be a secondary rim protector. He can, he can play a drop. He can play at the level of the screen. Like he's just so, you know, when you talk about scheme versatile, he's another guy that you can do different things with. And he's athletic. He has good hands. Um, he's someone that like, yeah, he should have. I would have definitely had took him in the deal. No disrespect to DJJ, but yeah. So here's here's the other trade that Skokin came up with that does work, which is getting Chris Boucher from the Raptors in exchange for Tony Bradley and Troy Brown Jr. So the TBJs. Go to, go to the Raptors for Chris Boucher, who's on a one-year, seven million dollar deal, and this is yeah, this is also by by Skokin. So Chris Boucher, six nine, we saw him uh, recently yeah. with the Raptors. He he's playing, he's out rebounding the Bulls <laughs> like every other Raptor, unfortunately. Um, any thoughts on this one? Um, I think was he six? Was he six nine? How tall is he? Yeah, six nine. Six nine. Um, ah, man, like, I know you could shoot the ball. Like, I think the shooting would be something that would make me think a little hard on this. Um, let me see. What is he shooting this year from three? Um, let me look it up here. Boo. Shay. Here we go. All right. Found him. Six, nine. Uh, Come on, come on, come on. He's ooh. He's shooting 28% from three this year on two <laughs> on three three attempts. It's right where you want it to be. Yeah. Only six rebounds a game, 20 minutes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I think there's more value with the TBJs. 
um, over Boucher. Like, I, he's, it feels like he has a good game against us all the time. But, like, um, I think I would rather have the TBJs, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I, I, I think I lean keeping our guys. So here's another guy who has been one of my major targets, and this is a trade by Benny G. Mm. Trade with the Mavericks where we get Maxi Kleba. Send it in. And the Mavericks, oh yeah, Mavericks get Tony Bradley, <laughs> Troy Brown Jr., and Matt Thomas. So my problem with the trade is I don't think the Mavericks do this for mm. kind of our, our flotsam here uh, as far as, you know, the. I, I, now they may be looking to get rid of Kleba's salary because I know they got Brunson and mm-hmm. um, and Dorian Finney-Smith that they want to re-sign over the summer who are both unrestricted free agents, I believe. Yeah. And so, you know, they may be looking to shed salary. I would probably do something where if we shipped out, because he's on he's on a deal for 8.9 this year uh, on a two-year deal. So he's, he's making a little bit, I think a little bit more, a little bit less. He might have a declining or a um, descending deal, but basically like mid-level exception money next mm-hmm. year and this year. And he's a good shooter. He's a good defender. And he's got, he's got good size. Like he would slide in really, really well at the four in our current squad. Yep. Um, he's not, you know, he's not as, as good offensively as Harrison Barnes. And he's probably not as good defensively as Jeremy Grant, but he's kind of like a mix of two of those two in his yeah. style. He doesn't really get to the rim at all. He basically just shoots threes uh, and defends. Um, he's like a three and D power forward basically. Yeah. But I've long liked him. And I think I know Mavs fans in particular are, are kind of sick of him really uh, on the mm. team. Yeah. They've, they've been upset with him recently. He had like a bunch of shots missed in a close game yeah. or wide open and, you know, fans overreact to everything, but mm-hmm. uh, I would love to have Max Kleber. If it were me, I think if you could ship out Derek Jones jr. Uh, to match salaries, here give them an expiring contract but a guy who could be useful to the Mavs this year I think that may entice them a little bit more than Tony Bradley and Troy Brown Jr. and Matt Thomas I mean I know Matt Thomas is like the heartthrob of everybody um, but I don't I don't know if the Mavs are gonna are gonna want him as, as much so that would be that would be my um my take on that one let's see, we got some questions here Jeremy Munoz what's the floor and ceiling for Patrick Williams Ooh, I would love to know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to know. Uh, I think there, I think he has a pretty, I think his floor would still be a helpful, very helpful player because I think his skills, him being able to dribble, him being able to pass, him being able to, uh, him showing that he can shoot the ball from three, also being able to shoot from mid range. I think he would be a very, uh, a very good, if, if he, if he would only hit his floor, I think he would be still a very helpful player for any team um, because of his size as well defensively. And he's only going to get better defensively playing in the NBA and understanding rotations and just understanding what offenses are going to be trying to do to his, his defense um, and where his rotation should be. And, you know, blase, blase. But I think that Pat, I'll be honest. I think he's a guy that will still hit. If I had to guess right now, and if he stays with the Bulls um, and the Bull, you know, he doesn't end up getting a lot of reps. He doesn't in terms of uh, ball handling reps and things like that. I think he's someone that can hit maybe his 70th, 70th to 80th percentile in terms of what he could be. Um, but, and I still think that's a damn good player. 
um, because I think he is someone that is just only scratching the surface. Because I know I know people are looking at Scotty Barnes and they're seeing what Scotty Barnes is doing, and they're like, "Oh my God! Like, why is Pat not doing that?" You know. But it's like totally different situation, man. And people probably don't want to hear that shit. And I understand that, but it's a totally different situation that that matters, man. Who knows what Pat would be doing if he was in Detroit and he got all the all the reps, all the reps, all the every all the pick and roll ball, all the pick and roll um reps and and being able to 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 attack a team when he when he wants to type deal like scotty has scotty has full reign like if if obviously hierarchy fred pascal but after that like scotty's one of those guys that's fighting you know to for that third spot that could get his shots pat like on this team like he's fighting with Co uh, uh uh zach he's fighting with demar he's fighting with vooch and then the fourth guy Kobe when he's hot, you know, and then maybe you talk about Pat in terms of like development, but situation matters, man. And uh, yeah, I think he's someone that's going to hit close to a ceiling. I just think he's that type of worker. I think he's that type of basketball player as well. If you want to get kind of an, a glimpse, we had Chip Jones on two weeks ago and did some film about Pat. I would really recommend going back and looking at our, our on YouTube or whatever, looking at the film that that chip and us broke down on pat and and the growth that he's had this season so um thanks for the question uh, jeremy uh, we, here's another another trade idea this one's from k bar so this is fun uh bulls get harrison barnes dennis schroeder and rashawn Holmes. so the the dennis schroeder to the uh you know for troy brown kind of swap is mm -hmm. included in this but it's basically that trade plus harrison barnes and rashawn holmes from the Kings, and then to the Kings would go Kobe White, Patrick Williams, Tony Bradley, and Derek Jones Jr. to to match salaries. What do you think about this one? Because I think the Kings are saving a ton of money on this. Uh, they're you know they're sending out thirty million in salary, and they're getting back like twenty three, I think ish, somewhere around there. Uh, so this would put the Bulls into the tax, into the luxury tax this season because they're they're just I think four under. Four million under the, the luxury tax, but we're not hard cap us. But this is a talent play, right? Rashawn Holmes. This is this is what I love about this. We talked about Harrison Barnes many times, but Rashawn Holmes is available. Rashawn Holmes is another guy. If he were your backup center, my goodness, mm -hmm. you'd have you'd have a lot of fun. So, what do you think about this trade and specifically like getting trying to get Rashawn Holmes in the door? No, I would ask you this. Uh, I would totally be down for this deal. You know how I feel about Harrison Barnes. Uh, I'm in on Dennis Schroeder. But if you were to get Rashawn, and I think he's someone that's undervalued when you look at his contract. I think he is undervalued in my eyes. But anyway, um, would you think about moving Vooch? Yeah. See, I if you could get Harrison Barnes and, well, man. This is tough, but Rashawn Holmes is on an insanely cheap deal for four years. That's yeah. that's the draw. Yeah. And he's younger than Vooch. He's he's making ten million dollars or yeah, ten million a year for the next four years, basically. He's a really, really good big uh in the short role. Like his his floater is mm. like second to none in the league. He's he's got this little push shot uh, sh uh floater that he's got in the lane that he hits every time. He's a very good defender, just an energy guy. So, I mean, he'd, he'd be really, really nice. He does not obviously give you the same sort of versatility on offense that Vooch does. There's just mm -hmm. 
Harrison Barnes helps mitigate that some because Harrison Barnes can do a lot of things for you offensively. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know. I I know I had. I, I think I had another trade idea that involved. Um, yeah. Here I had a similar one to this, and my my idea was Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes to the Bulls in exchange for Vooch, Derek Jones, and that Portland first. So it wouldn't be. Um, wouldn't be Patrick Williams. I don't think the the problem is I don't think that the Kings would do that. I think they want something more at the four spot. Like they're they're looking for an upgrade at the four. They're looking into Jeremy Grant for some reason, even though who knows if he's better than than Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously been involved with the Simmons talks, and so also yeah. like I, I think <clears throat> you're doing a good job of analyzing this this deal. Um, something else that pops up to me is the Kobe Kobe White because I feel like yeah uh, you know they're kind of you know Davian Mitchell. Um, Halliburton, Halliburton, um, and Fox. Like, I feel like where where would Kobe fit in in terms of on that roster? Like, I guess you could play Kobe off the bench with Davion. I guess. See, where I think that Vooch deal could make more sense. Vooch would be really, really good next to Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. right? So if you're if if the Kings are swapping out their roster and they're trading Fox and let's say Buddy Heald mm-hmm. and getting Simmons back, now you've got Tyrese Halliburton, Ben Simmons, and Vooch. Yeah, like that's a nice trio there that kind yeah. of meshes offensively and defensively. That that could make more sense as far as you know them getting some value out of that. Uh, but Vooch is also older, so yeah. I know that I know the Kings want to make the the playoffs this season so maybe they're more focused on the short term and they'd be more into that but i don't think that that i ultimately don't think that the bulls i'm sorry that the kings would would entertain that so but that's a fun idea yeah um here's okay you want to if you want to get crazy which i know you do i know you do if you want to get crazy (laughs) let's talk about this this trade from our guy jordan guilty uh so this one is interesting. <laughs> uh if I can pull it up here one second. I see a uh a, a question from Torian. Uh yeah, please ask my my um my comments aren't working really well, like they're not okay, they're not functioning. So if you see any comments, please yeah, pull them up. Yeah, uh he says uh Torian says uh why can't Vucevic play this way when Lonzo is in the lineup? And uh did you have anything to say about this question before i say anything no go for it go for it uh i think for me when it comes to lonzo you know i think lonzo is one of the best players on this team in terms of recognizing mismatches i think the biggest thing right now for vooch is he's just making shots like i think people and here's the deal i I see people say that like vucevic plays better on defense when he's making shots when he's on offense and i think people need to go back and watch tape because it, i mean weirdly enough i think his defense has been one of the most consistent things in his game this year um uh, when it comes to like playing and drop and being engaged even when there have been games when he hasn't shot the ball well but he was still playing good defense you know in, in terms of uh what you can expect out of vooch um but like i i don't think there's i think the biggest difference is he's making shots and also they're actually looking to get him touches in the post now 
you know, and he's now being more aggressive. He's not like, yeah, he's, he's making passes out of the post, but I think now for the most part, he's attacking when he has the ball in his, in his hand in the post. Now, I think he's a little bit more confident in himself in terms of offensive offensively around the basket now. Um, but for me, I think it's as simple as he's just making shots now. Cause I think Lonzo, when he's on the floor with Vooch, he's one of the, you know, uh, best at finding mismatches right away. Um, so I, again, like I think it's just him making shots. I do think I agree with you. I do think some some of the easy shots that Vooch has been getting from Io is a testament to the, the different styles of, of Io and Lonzo as far as getting Vooch the ball. Mm-hmm. Vooch is much more pick and pop with Lonzo. When when Io gets downhill, Io's really good when he gets downhill and he's finding Vooch sometimes on these little little pocket passes and things. So I think that plays that style. I mean, you're just gonna get a different shot diet with different people setting you up in, in some respects. But I do think a lot of it is Vooch just making shots. Like, there's no question that Vooch has had easy shots all year, whether it was Lonzo or Tamar, whoever was setting him up. Mm-hmm. I, although I do think, you know, we've seen the last few games with Io setting him up and getting downhill. You know, he's uh, he's able to get Vooch some kind of dump-off passes for, for mm-hmm. easy dunks and, and layups and things. But Vooch was also missing a lot of those yeah. those short passes early in the year when he was getting them. You know, so Lonzo yeah. doesn't get – Lonzo doesn't get – too far into the teeth of the defense when he's in pick and roll. So he doesn't give Vooch a lot of those shots, but he was getting him elbow jumpers that he, he, they would run that little, that little pick and roll um, where Vooch would kind of pop out to the, to the elbow on one side or the other for an uh, open elbow jumper. And, and he just wasn't making them. So I, yeah. I think you're, you know what, Chris, that is a damn good point um, in terms of. Well, I thank you. IO IO getting deeper into the teeth of the defense, because there's something that I like, I've, I've, I put a clip out yesterday after the Bulls game. Like, Io does. He's like kind of not reckless, but he does a really good job of really attacking downhill when he's coming off a screen. And I think when you attack that hard going down downhill, you draw defense just because you look like you're about to score. You know, so you you get that natural instinct for a defense having to step up. And he does a really good job. Not only does he make good decisions, but Io makes quick decisions. So he he really makes you pay right away. So um, yeah, man. Yeah, I agree. That was a great point, bro. Hey, hey, Jordan, what's up, brother? You know <laughs> what's funny? I know you're late. I know we 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 came earlier because um, we we're trying to accommodate with Steph. We wanted Steph on, and he couldn't do it a little later. But we are just getting to your trade idea. I'm pulling it up right now. In fact, this is from Jordan Guilty. This trade idea: Pascal Siakam comes to the Bulls. Vooch and Patrick Williams go to. Um, go to the Raptors. I know the Raptors are looking for a center. I don't think Vooch is necessarily their, the style of center that they're probably looking for with the way that they've constructed their team. Yeah. But from a value play, I mean, Siakam is really, really good. He should, if he hadn't missed the first month or so of the season, and if he played the way he's been playing the last month or two, if he played that way the whole season, I think he would have gotten uh, the all-star not over Tatum and he, he'd probably get it over, you know, as an injury replacement. He still might. Uh, yeah. but Siakam's really good. Uh, and I know there were rumblings in the offseason that, that this kind of that a Siakam for Patrick Williams kind of deal might have been mm-hmm. on the table. This would hurt my soul. It, it really would, man. <laughs> um, and shout out uh, Guilty, brother. I appreciate you coming in, man. Um, this dude has been down with us since we since before we even started this podcast, man. So him and Salim and Dan, shout out everybody else that, that was kind of telling us like, yo, y'all should do a pod, man, and appreciate y'all, dog. But, but like, 
this would hurt my soul because I am a huge Vooch guy, right? And I am a huge Pat guy. And sending both of them out at the same damn time would hurt my soul, all right? I know Pascal coming is a – I mean, he's a two-way guy. He could play defensively, offensively. He's herky-jerky, but, but, but like, oh, man. Oh, it's a good – I'd like – I don't even know what to say, man. Like I, coming in with Pascal, like Pascal coming back in that deal. <sighs> Obviously, I mean, him coming here and being the four. <sighs> you got to find another trade. You, you, I think you'd have to make, you'd have to make that trade like Kobe in the first, yeah, um, to get Pirtle or something. Yes, but. But Siakam and Pirtle would be, my goodness. Yes. What a front court would that be? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, Zach and uh, hey. DeMar, don't worry about it. We got it. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? That's actually my my idea that I'd written before I saw Guilty's. And I told him because Guilty's texted or uh, tweeted at me this yeah. deal. And I was like, dude, I did the exact same thing like two minutes before you sent me this, which was this this deal. But I added a 2027 first to it to, to try and incentivize them a little bit more. And then the Pirtle deal, which is a Pirtle for Kobe and our Portland first this year. So that was the deal that I that I that kind of thought. Like if you're just gonna if you're gonna just redo this thing to so where you're gonna be in contention the next few years, you know that that would be a move uh, to get you there. So we we're, we're running out of time a little bit. Oh, I, actually, um, Jeremy had a great a great question here. So you know, I don't see the Bulls doing a trade that will mess up with their mess with their chemistry. They do have really, really good chemistry this year, yeah. and so I agree that it's probably unlikely that they're going to make a big, big move, especially with all the injuries and the fact that the 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 deal that made the most sense, which was Jeremy Grant, didn't. I don't think that's going to pan out because of what Jeremy Grant wants for his yeah. next team. Not only the offensive role that he wants, but also he wants that extension. And I just don't think the Bulls should and would pay that. Um, so I, I do think they're going to do something a little bit more. I think they're moving bench players. Yeah. I don't think they're moving starters to me, and I don't think they're moving Pat. I think they may move, move Kobe, but I think they're going to try and use that Portland. If, they, if they're going to upgrade, they're going to try and bring in, uh, you know, some of these smaller moves that we've talked about, right? Like yeah. Maxi Kleba or Sean Holmes or Slow Mo, those kind of guys. I, I think kind of that's that's what we'll see a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and the kind of the, the cool thing about like what you get, the, the feeling you get from the Bulls is I feel like there are like GM G, uh, front office coach dynamics where like the GM doesn't talk to the coach. He just makes a deal. and like, hey, you figure it out. You know, like we get we we got this guy in. We think it's good value. Uh, we don't care what you got to say. Figure it out. Right. But I think there's like this really great dynamic between Billy and the front office that like they're going to try to get guys that Billy believes is going to come in and not hurt this team, be able to run the things that he wants to run. So I, I think I don't think we have to worry about getting guys that have you know bad character that are going to come in and, and mess with things. I think they're going to really do a good job of collaborating together um and you know bringing in guys that will help this team right away and but also not mess with the dynamic of the you know what this team has right now yeah i agree i agree um there's i got another trade we're running out of time unfortunately uh, because of the time that it's at <laughs> uh I, it's you know i gotta put my kids to bed in a little bit 
but I did have another trade. So I'm going to try and get to this one. Uh, our guy, Clayton Connes, Con- I, I think it's Connes, but uh, we've talked with Clayton a few different times. He's a really cool guy and, and yeah. a supporter. So appreciate you. Um, he has a trade with the Pelicans actually. Oh, which is interesting, which I thought was interesting, which was one second. I think it is. I'm just going to try and pull it up here. And it's uh, Jackson Hayes coming to the Bulls and a second round pick, their second round pick this year, for Kobe White. I know that the, that the Pelicans are interested in a shooting guard. They've been linked to a bunch of different dudes they've been they've been linked to basically every shooting guard that's available on the market um jackson hayes is a, is a young big he's shown a lot of promise yeah i think he was drafted in the same was he in the same draft as kobe or the one right after uh, the same been... as kobe yeah i think he i think he went a few spots later um but he's shown a lot of promise uh in, in some ways i think kobe's a better player than him right now which is why uh, clayton's got him sending us a second round pick as well yeah um but I think the Pelicans are going to be looking to upgrade their their roster around Zion Williamson. Yeah. But what do you what do you think about this one, sir? And I'm going to start pulling up a different one because I got another another really funny one. I think I think um, like you said uh, before, I think if you're going to make this deal, which again, like I think he's someone that's athletic on the def- like defensive end, like. Uh, I think he's gotten a little bit better, but I think if you look at the uh, the development. The, uh, of a Kobe and IO, uh, I think bringing in a guy like him that that can that can get under this development team, uh, maybe he grows into something a little bit more than he is now. But like you said before, um, I think you would have to, you know, be trying to move TBJ as well and bringing in you know somebody that could fill that off the bench spot that Kobe would be leaving. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I have this. <laughs> I love this trade. We're going to end on this trade. Okay. <laughs> uh, because it's it's phenomenal. Holy. You want, you're going to get real funky with it. The Bulls received Zion Williamson and Jackson Hayes <laughs> in return for Kobe White and Patrick Williams. This was submitted by Abraham Ditka. I hope that's your last name because uh, that's amazing. But this Nicole. trade is this trade's funny because here's the thing. Zion Williamson's health has been really bad mm-hmm. but when he's played he's played at like a top 20 level dominant. he's he's been dominant offensively i mean so you're getting at patrick williams and kobe white for jackson hayes and Zion williamson i mean i think the bulls i think the bulls in a vacuum do that i don't know mm-hmm. if the, i don't know if the bulls would say yes this year because they want to, they want to compete this year. Mm-hmm. But Patrick's not giving them anything either. So who knows? I, I'm not sure who's coming back sooner. I think Zion may be out for the year, but we're waiting on the next press conference, I guess. I, I mean, in like you said, in a vacuum. I mean, like how can you say no to bringing in Zion? Um, but <laughs> my goodness, man. <sighs> Ricardo's right. Yeah, I know. Steph, Steph, Steph DM'd us. And because he saw this Zion trade, and he's like, "Are we going to go over this on the show?" Like, <laughs> we got to talk about this. So, Ricardo, you're right. Yeah, uh, he did chime in just offline, but uh, he thought it was hilarious. But th- this would be a really funny trade. I, it's such weird timing for the Bulls, but as far as the talent play, like Zion is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I would probably do, I would probably move Kobe and Patrick for Zion. I mean, like not probably I would, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a weird timing. Like I'd, I'd rather have Kobe and Pat this season, but Zion Williamson is, you know, he has the potential to be an all an all time great. If yeah. he stays healthy, the health has obviously been a really, really big issue. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a huge gamble. Um, but it's also a huge gamble on Patrick Williams' talent. So yeah. interesting trade idea. It's completely wacky. I don't think the I think the Pelicans, unless David Griffin is trying to get fired, which so far he's trying to get fired a lot by the <laughs> stuff, that, the moves that he's made. Thank you once again for Lonzo Ball. Appreciate it. For real. Um, I think he would absolutely get fired if he if he offered this trade. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> but the Bulls would do it. I think the Bulls would do it. Zion wants to get out of there anyway, so. Oh, Ricardo, this was you? I love this, man. This <laughs> Appreciate this trade. Appreciate this trade. This is great. Seriously, man. This was fun, man. Uh, just seeing everybody's different ideas in terms of what they think can help the Bulls. Like, it's yeah. really cool. It's really cool. And they, Yeah, so thank you guys so much for the submissions. I know we got a few more submissions. Um, some of them were really similar to ones we'd already talked about. So I did want to give a shout out to Big O because he also had a, a, a John Collins trade that also had Jeremy Grant going to the Hawks and then the Pistons going getting uh, Patrick Williams. Uh, so that was kind of like a kind of similar vein. That was a really a really cool trade. Um, Furious Jeff had a Rashawn Holmes trade, mm-hmm. but kind of very similar. Um, we got Rashawn Holmes and Terrence Davis. We gave up Tony, the two TBJs, Matt and the Portland First. And then uh, Brad... Childers, Childers had a, a kind of another Trez trade where we okay. got Trez and Trez and Rui in exchange for DJ J and Kobe, which that was an interesting trade. That is interesting. And uh, he had another one where the Bulls get Mike Muscala for the Portland first, so another Mike Muscala uh, bringing him in in trade. So that was interesting. And then um, Ryan Sharm had a trade where Bulls got Batum and Hartenstein. Oh, I would cool. love. I would love that because Isaiah Hartenstein's been killing it this year. Dude. He was a, he was the guy I wanted as a backup this year yeah. too. Um, and the Clippers get our Portland first, which I okay. think would be, I would do that trade. Personally. Yeah, yes. I would do that trade. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think the Clippers would, but I don't know. We'll see uh, because I think Batum's got a player option next year, which he should decline mm-hmm. to be a free agent. So that yeah. one actually. Maybe they do take the first for that. And it's a fake first, but maybe they do that. So th- those are the ones that we got. So I did want to shout you guys out and, and and talk, you know, just put your trades out. But I didn't have time to put them on the screen and have like yeah. a real long discussion. But there was kind of, you know, some overlap on that discussion. But you're right, Lara. I mean, the trades that were brought up really make you think about what the Bulls should be targeting and the, the myriad of options, I think, that are really out there. I think the Bulls are in a really good position if they want to make a trade at the deadline. Yeah. A lot of teams are looking to be sellers, to be buyers. And there's some guys that may be available. So um, one thing that we've learned, Salim, look at this, this guy, this, Salim saying, I love how Chris and Lara approaching this trade, <laughs> this trade, like a serious conversation. I'm just saying, you don't have to think the trade's going to go down to be able to have a conversation about the values at stake and, and the, oh. where the teams are. But no, I think the design would be, the design's not coming here. There's no way that David Griffin's offering that to us. <laughs> That might that might be when uh, Silver does his best uh, um, David Stern impression in terms of you know xing out a trade. But um, <laughs> what, what was I going to say? Um, 
I'm sorry. I totally, I totally railroaded. No, 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 no. Is um, oh, gosh, I forgot what I was gonna say, man. Oh, the one thing that we we have learned about AK, other than Alonzo Ball, but which he was linked to us for years, I feel like. But all these rumors, you know, about who the Bulls are looking at, blah blah blah. Like we don't know. Like AK is someone that moves in silence. And we won't. We will probably be surprised when when if something happens, you know. So, I'm I'm. That's one of yeah. cool, kind of the cool things about this front office, man. It's suspenseful, baby. Like you, you're just like trade deadline. You're like, okay, well, what's happening? Who who we getting? You know. So I, no, I can't wait. And, and to be honest, because we did this when we 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 did a mock off season mm-hmm. uh, thing with Steph, actually with Steph and yeah. Mo, and we had I thought we had great ideas. Mm-hmm. And Mark, uh, AK and Mark blew our, our stuff out of the water. <laughs> like I had an optimistic trade. Yeah. Remember I had like, I had like the, we're going to get Lonzo. Yep. And, and I said, but we might have to take on Eric Bledsoe to get that contract. You know, he's going to be our backup point. Like, and, and we got like, uh, uh, it was either Danny Green or, um, no, it was Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock came yeah. in a small forward yep. for yep. us. Yep. Like that would have been a nice team, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, AK just blew it out of the water. So I'm actually, as you said, it's exciting to see what they're going to do because I think, I mean, they're going to pull like Kuzma and Rashawn Holmes out of their hat somehow for like Troy Brown Jr. and and a song. I, I just don't I don't know how they're going to do it. But I trust this front office to do something fun. So yeah, yeah, it'll be really exciting. The trade deadline is in I think four or five days, depending yeah. on where you live in the, in the world. Uh, February 10th. I will not be able to do a live thing on the trade deadline if anything happens try to react mm-hmm. to news on twitter but mm-hmm. we'll have our show next saturday as planned and we'll talk about everything that went on and uh yeah this was dope this was really fun thank you guys all so much for your submissions yeah and um anything you want to say larry before we sign off here um that uh I, like i'm probably going to be a little bit more um active in terms of after games uh just kind of doing my own little thread about what the Bulls have been doing and things like that. Uh, I kind of feel like I fell off a bit, so I'm going to try to get back into that. But other than that, man, um, not really, man. That's about it. Ready to see uh, Philly, see what happens. Ooh, That's going to be a tough game. Joel Embiid has never lost to the Bulls in his career. Never not a single time. Never lost. <laughs> never lost. That's right. <laughs> so that will be really exciting. Uh, it's. I have a feeling it's going to be a really a – really defenseless shootout for the balls. <laughs> Hopefully everyone's on fire that day. Anyways, thank you guys so much for sticking around. We'll catch you again next week. Peace out. Peace.